Hey everyone, welcome back to the Modern Music Marketing Podcast by Genera Studios. I'm your host, Andrew Southworth, and in this episode, we're going to talk about branding, specifically branding for musicians, music creators, producers, whatever niche you're in in the music world, all of this will apply to you, whether you know, you're just an artist or you're, you're an artist and a beat maker or you're just selling beats or whatever you're doing. This, this really is a universal thing. So first, let's dive into what branding is actually is. So a lot of people think of a brand and they think of a logo. You know, Nike has the swoosh and Apple has the apple with a chunk out of it. And Windows has that weird grid thing. Uh, and all these companies, that's they have a logo. And a lot of people associate that with the brand. But it actually extends a lot further than that. So of course, we have the logo. We have the name of the company. But we also have color schemes. We also have font selection. We also have how the brand talks to the audience. How often does the brand talk to the audience? What method does, does the brand use to communicate to the audience? So for, for you as a music creator, you know, that's, do you talk to your audience as if they're friends? Do you talk to them as if you're kind of like all secret? Do you talk to them uh, in, in any sort certain way? You know, there's a lot of different ways you can speak to a person and that will be defined by your branding. Now, in terms of how much you share and what methods do you use, are you like on Instagram? Are you on TikTok? Are you posting daily? Are you posting weekly? Are you doing a podcast? Are you doing a YouTube channel? You know, all of that is tied into your branding. Now for music, it goes a little bit further. Every different avenue in life kind of has its own subset of branding. But for music, this kind of extends into what genre or genres is your music. And it doesn't have to always be the same, but you should be able to define roughly my music is like this. And then it sh also it should actually sound like that. Now another aspect is what other artists would your fans like? And this kind of starts to, to blur the area between branding and what your target audience is, but it really all ties into it because the genre and what other artists your fans like is going to influence your logo, your colors, how much you talk to your audience, what methods you use to communicate your audience. You know, hip hop's going to have a very different culture than classic rock or something. You know, they're, they're, all, they're all different. And then next is what is the backstory of your fan, kind of tying into the, the last few questions. Are they are they college students? Are they dropouts? You know, for, for Eminem, I, when I had that chat with uh, Circa, which you heard a couple episodes ago, he mentioned that for Eminem, his branding was, you know, the whole white trash trailer part thing. <laughs> and that that was his brand. That's That's the people he was speaking to, to try to give those people a certain sense of, you know, uh, like uplifting them or giving them power in a way, being their icon. So you need to think about your backstory. And that's, in a nutshell, all of that stuff and even more is what makes up the brand. It's a lot more than just a logo. Now, it's very hard to come up with this stuff and it's going to evolve over time. So let me kind of dive into what each of these things mean for me so that way you can kind of base how you'll think about these applied to your music brand. And, and before I do that, I, the reason why this is so important is that you want people to be able to associate you with, with something, some feeling, some visual, some sound. You, you want it to be in, in many ways consistent. Now, it's okay to evolve. It's okay to change. But you need to have aspects that, you know, 
you know, six from six months from now, you're still going to be pretty much the same. Otherwise, people are going to kind of think you're flaky. Now, for me, the logo I tweaked, uh, well, I guess going further back, I made a logo like three or four years ago. And I used it, but I wasn't very proud of it. So I kept using it up until last year when I was going to put out a new album. So before I released the first single for that album, I hired a graphic designer to make a logo way better than I could make. And that gave me the logo. Now, when I had to tell them what logo I was going to make, I also gave them a color scheme. I said I wanted this shade of blue, kind of like a sky blue, and this shade of orange, kind of, you know, like the fruit oranges. <laughs> and my name, for me, it's easy. I just use my own name. But if, if you're using some producer name, you, you're going to want to give that a lot of thought. Uh, now, now, don't let this stop you from creating in the first place, but make sure to give it some care because it's, it's kind of hard to change your name. A logo and colors and stuff can evolve over time, but your name really can't ever change. So I just went with my own name, and that got me the logo, the name, and the colors, and to a degree, the font. Like, the logo had my name, so it had a certain font with it, but prior to that, I had started using a particular font I liked in Illustrator and also in Premiere and all of their Adobe products called, like, Bauhaus 73 or something like that. I use it for everything. When I put text on an artwork, even though I don't put text much anymore, I use that font. When I put text in a YouTube video, I use that font. The uh, the podcast cover artwork uses that font. That's my font. And when I see other people using that font too, I'm like, hey, that's my font. I recognize it immediately, and I would think that over time people would notice if I used a different font. They'd be like, something's off with this, you know? <laughs> it's a small detail, but it, but it's important. So, th- so then for me... I. I kind of established over the years the way that I wanted to talk to my audience, at least on YouTube, was just kind of like I was. I wanted to be the kind of level-headed guy who was, very, I guess, very serious but also casual and silly at the time. I never wanted to be too professional and I never wanted to be too unprofessional, <laughs> which it's, it's kind of vague, but if you watch my videos, you know that I, I don't swear much in my videos. I don't. But at the same time, I'm not like wearing fancy clothes. I'm just wearing a t-shirt or a hoodie. And I kind of just talk to my audience like they're people. I don't pre-script things. I, I try to act like I'm having a conversation with someone and I'm just teaching them the stuff that I found. And that's now to me, it's very natural to do that. But there was a time when I formally wrote that down so that I would kind of remember that this is the way that I want to present myself when I'm talking to my audience. Very open very, that kind of blurred the line between professional and casual and then just kind of, yeah, casual in terms of conversation. In terms of how much you shared your audience, uh, I define this too. You know, two years ago, I started doing weekly videos. I communicated that to my channel. And then, uh, was it three years ago I did yearly? And then the la- over the last two years, I've done twice a year. Or, sorry, tw- twice a week in terms of YouTube uploads. And I communicated that. This, this year, you know, January, whatever, the first like week u- upload of the year, I'm going to be doing two videos a week, every Tuesday and Friday. And I'm going to give myself a monthly skip day every month just in case something comes up. So that way it's people know generally what to expect. And then eventually I added the Music Review Monday live stream. And that was communicated to my audience. And then I would think that, you know, I've only done it three times so far, but over time people will realize that's something they can come to rely on. Now, this also applies to Instagram. I, 
for a while I was doing daily, but over time I realized that it wasn't as important to me as being able to sustain with, with YouTube and keeping up with my music and running the other aspects of my business. And that's just what I do. Other people do multiple times a day. You, you just have to define that. And if you, if it makes sense, communicate that to your audience. Now, in terms of what methods you use to communicate, you'll notice that some brands kind of stick to the LinkedIn game. Some brands will be on Instagram, and some brands wouldn't be caught dead on TikTok. That all ties back into the, the, the music sections where, you know, what other artists would your fans like? What's the backstory of your fan? If you're a brand that's selling mostly to, you know, teenagers, young adults, you're probably going to want to be on TikTok. If, if you're going for millennial age, you know, to, what is it, like 25 to 40-something, your Instagram and Facebook are great places. Or if you're going even older, then probably not Instagram, but definitely Facebook. So you want to pick wh where you want to be. Um, for, for musicians, you know, I, I try to be on everything. Okay. One reason is because I'm testing stuff for the purpose of my channel <laughs> and a blog and this podcast. But, uh, like, I've been trying to get bigger into TikTok recently because uh, it's such an important platform and it's, it's kind of in that land grab stage right now. But you got to pick something. You can't do everything. It's just not sustainable. If you try to do everything, you'll end up being bad at all of them instead of being good at a couple. So for me, I do YouTube, I do Instagram a little more casually, and I do TikTok relatively regularly. And that's, that's my goal. If I do anything outside of that, it's just bonus. I don't plan on it. And sometimes I have ways to automatically repost stuff to the other platforms. Like I, there's a app called or website called if then, if this, then that I F T T T dot com. And you can hook up things like if you upload to Instagram, automatically post this to Twitter and other cool things like that. Now, uh, you don't have to do that, but that's just kind of a little hack to be on another platform without having to invest in a platform. <clears throat> so when it comes to music, what genres are you? You probably already have a vague idea of this, but it's, it's on one hand, it's important to stay focused. And on the other hand, it's important to go outside your comfort zone. <laughs> Personally, the way I've, I've tried to set up my music is that I tell people I'm somewhat eclectic musically. It'll all be kind of electronic and poppy. But I, I want to leave myself free to explore within that. So, for example, I do some songs, like more recently I've been getting into doing Future Bass. But my last song was kind of like uh, electronic music mixed with trap and rock. So it ended up being, I, I guess like the, the in terms of when I was running ads on it, it, it worked out best to run ads to Post Malone and Linkin Park fans. <laughs> Two completely different fans, but the, that was the audience that resonated best with the song. And then in the past, I've tried more like house music and, and EDM. But generally, you can always say electro, electro pop or electronic pop music. And that's the way that I describe it. And most people probably want to get more specific. I've purposely made myself a little more open. That might hurt me long term, but it makes it keeps me sane. Some people can just do the same genre all the time with, with few variants and other people can't. And there's advantages to both. Now, in terms of what artists would your fans like, this is where that genre thing becomes important. For me, it can be a little hard to, def to define that. I can generally say that if someone likes Elenium or Odessa, 
they'll probably like my music, even even some of the more wacky ones. Now, th- that last song is, is kind of the big exception, but for that one, it's still kind of in the same, like I would think that someone that likes those genres, would al- those artists would also like that song. They just might not, it might not be their favorite. And that's, that's at least how you want to buy in the story. And the other reason why this other artist thing is so important is that it makes running ads on your stuff very easy. If you know that this song that I'm about to put out is very similar in style to Elenium and Flume and Odessa and Seven Lions, when you go to make your ads, you know exactly who to target. And that's what I did for my most recent single, at least at the time of this recording, uh, Dreaming. I wrote it with Elenium in mind. He's one of my favorite artists, and I've already been doing a little future bass, but this one I was like, I'm modeling it after his sound. And then we have the the backstory of your fans. And in terms, it doesn't have to be the same on every platform, but when I think about it on my YouTube channel, the I have this written down in, in a couple paragraphs, so it's a very, very long thing. So I'll give you the summary, but I assume that my, I, I have a person in mind. I say that they're like a, a 21-year-old, or did I, did I say 20? I don't know. I forget the exact age, but it's something like a 19 to 21-year-old person, most likely male, but could be either gender, they're either about to go in college or they're in college and they really love doing music, but at the same time, they're also pursuing some kind of safe career. And they've tried putting out songs, but they've never had great results. And they're, they're just kind of frustrated. They, they feel like they make great music, but they just can't get anyone to listen. So that's a pretty specific person. Now, obviously, not every single one of my YouTube subscribers is that. Um, that's just kind of like what the person I think of that, you know, 19 year old about to go in college or just started college, but loves doing music, but does something else too. And they're struggling with actually getting their music heard. I have people who are, they just do music. They're not going to college. They're younger, they're older, they're, they're 40 and they have a stable career. Just because you think of a specific person when you make a video doesn't mean that you won't attract other people. That's just kind of like your... Now, if you think back to statistics, you have your your median kind of audience, the, the person you're, you're targeting, and then you kind of have a distribution around that. So your, your kind of, your backstory of your fan, well, that's, that's really like your target audience. Um, it's, it's a part of your, it's going to define a lot of aspects of your brand. But that backstory is going to be your median, your target value, and, all, and there'll be a bunch of people that come along for the ride that are kind of the distribution, the people that are close to that in some ways, whether they're they're 40 and they've just got into music and they're having trouble, they're similar to that 19, 20-year-old in a lot of ways. Um, so don't feel like by being too specific, you're excluding them. And one thing that can actually help a lot is to give them a name. Um, I named mine Audio Nerd Nelson. <laughs> um, it just sounded funny. So Audio Nerd because they're, they're a nerd about music and then Nelson because it sounded funny. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the core aspect behind being an artist and thinking about branding. And I said it before a little bit, but if you don't do this ahead of time, you're going to face a lot of struggles. For example, you shouldn't even think about paying for ads until you've thought about at least everything I just mentioned and perhaps even more, you know, there, if you're doing videos, like there's, there's color grades, there's how you correct your audio, there's. Uh, what does your set look like behind you? What kind of transitions do you use? 
what kind of overlays do you, you know, there's a million little things depending on exactly what platforms you're in and, and what you do. But if you don't have that squared away yet, don't invest into promoting your stuff yet because it's it's going to provide a lot of friction when you're actually sending people somewhere. If you if you have one song and then you send ads to it, maybe it does well, but then a future song you're running ads on it and people are like, what the hell, I don't like this. Like You're going to waste a lot of money doing that. And before I figured it out, I tried ads and I didn't have any great results with ads. So I wrote them off and went to playlist marketing. And if you've been watching my channel, you know how much I hate playlist marketing, at least in terms of Spotify. Um, it gets bad results. But at the time, I thought it was better because I was having better results with it because my brand was not well figured out. <laughs> so the 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 result of that was that all my ads were super expensive and ineffective and the playlist was getting me cheap results and it flipped exactly, did a 180 degree flip from what, the actual story is. So I hope you found that helpful. I realize that some of this is, is vague, but the reason for that is you have to really think about these things yourself. Um, I think it would be helpful if you took notes during this. I probably should have mentioned that at the beginning, but, um, you know, just, just go through each of these things, write them down on paper or in a notepad, you know, logo, name, colors, font, how you talk to your audience, how much you talk to your audience, what methods do you use to talk to your audience, what genre are you, what other artists would your fans like, what's the backstory of your fan. If you're on YouTube, what's what does my color grade look like, what's my audio editing scheme look like, what's my background look like, what's my lighting scheme look like. And just write all that down, go through it one by one, and nail it. Once you do that, you'll be in a much better position to actually, maybe not necessarily just doing paid ads, but really any kind of promotion. What happens is when you promote yourself, you know, you're, there's this battle with impressions versus results. If you're, if you don't have your brand figured out, maybe for every 1000 impressions, you get one result. It's a pretty bad result. But if you figure out your brand, maybe that 1000 impressions per result goes to 500 impressions per result. And this doesn't necessarily just mean paid ads. This, this applies to Instagram posts too, organics, traffic. So Anyways, I've rambled on for long enough. If you have any questions, feel free to uh, head to the Discord group that I have or head on to our YouTube video and join the discussion on one of those platforms. And yeah, I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.